who it is. Looky, looky there. Shafee. Shafee, are you there? Here I am. Across the ether, we bring you one magical hour a Matthew and Schaefer podcast extravaganza. Was that was that our was that the intro? I'd like to welcome my host, Matthew Rampy. Yeah, one of the coolest haircuts out there. One of the coolest haircuts out there. <laughs> Boy, I'm afraid that was a little too slick. That's not really our. That's not our style. That's not how we do. It's not no. how we do things here at One Magical Hour. We've been practicing. Practice makes oh, perfect. Man. Oh man, we've lost something, man. Practice makes good quality entertainment. We, infotainment we be, radio. We used to be cool, man. What happened? This is my track for those QAnon people out there. <laughs> We already got a hero. We don't need another one. Yeah, oh. we got a Tina Turner. That's you. That's for you, QAnon. We got a Tina. You Turner. hear me, Q? We don't need any of use. Man, I loved that Beyond Thunderdome. We got. We got I, Tina. I love the whole Mad Max franchise, and who doesn't love Tina Turner? Yeah. Oh, God. I would say that I love Tina Turner even more than I love the Mad Max franchise, which is a lot. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, hey, they're, they're so choose, inextricably no. linked for me. You know, fortunately, fortunately, none of us have to choose. You got to review this video, bro. She, she's wearing these earrings that are just—they're uh, they're like mini Thunderdomes in her ear. I mean, is she wearing the same outfit she's wearing in the movie? Um. I think it's even like sort of jazzed up for the video. Maybe so. I think I, cause I, and I remember her outfit in the movie pretty well. That's going to make a big impression on a young man. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's so, uh, it's a crazy flick. Oh, I would like to re, we need to review that. We need to do a Mad Max episode. Make a note. Who's the treasurer? I mean, who's the secretary here? We've got host, sidekick, now we obviously need a secretary, treasurer. Who's taking the minutes? Grace. Grace is taking the minutes. Yeah, in fact, she texted some things that I, I meant to reply to. Yes. I feel like I'm remiss. Maintaining her status as number one magical hour super fan. I think that we should... Um, we need to get my sister on your email list. Okay. Did you send out yesterday's episode? I think I did, yeah. I didn't get it. I fell off the list. That Maybe, hey, maybe I didn't send it. Well, that, all that says to me is that it's a bang, bang for the weekend for our fans. You got, a, you got your bang. You got your bang bang, bang bang is even better than bang. Do you, do you know what bang bang is a reference to? Uh, to isn't it to eating two meals in a row <laughs> without stopping? Yeah, yes. That's that's what it is on TVTL anyway. Well, it's because that, and then they got it from that uh, that Louis uh, FX series. Oh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Louie and his buddy, they like to give it the bang bang. Or maybe it was his brother. Hey, listen to this. Have you started editing it? Can you say it, Schaefer? Can you say one magical hour of Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular? What's that thing? It's a recording device. Can you say one magical hour? What? Wow. One magical hour. <laughs> can you say it? Can you say it? One magical hour. One magical hour. A Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular. One 
Schaefer podcast spectacular. One man, I'll be man ass. If that guy ever has to testify in front of Congress, I think he's going to do fine. <laughs> I like how he's. I like how he's uh, skeptical of the recording device, right? Okay, you know, yeah, that's pretty fantastic. And I like Dottie must have been there too, right? Yeah, she was laughing in the background. Yeah, yeah, she, uh, yeah that's funny. Everyone had a case of the gigglies. I kept it together for as long as possible. He's like, "What's that?" <laughs> Healthy dose of skepticism. Oh, that's pretty good. I don't, I don't know if you got it uh, where you can. Uh, really isolate that, did you? No, it's, it's, it's really only, only funny is the whole package. Well, I think you got to keep working on it. You got to keep working with him. Yeah, we'll see what we can do. You're, you're the stage uncle. I, I definitely am, yeah. Got to get that kid on AGT. Dottie and I have been making stop motion movies together. I don't know if I've shown you any of them. I've seen one or two, yeah, sure. I think that that's um, a great thing to do with kids. Uh, for one thing, it gets it gives them that sense of that motion pictures are just a series of still pictures. Yep. Together. Yeah, that's how uh, that's how the whole thing got started. Was trying to explain to Daddy how animation works. And that's exciting stuff. Listen, are you, how are you today? I'm doing fine. Did you, did you just wake up? Uh, yeah, uh, more or less, yeah. Our schedules are so divergent. Yeah. Because for me, it's the afternoon drive, and for you, it's the morning zoo. You got it. It's always the morning zoo for me. <laughs> well, if we need to adjust the times... You know, let me know. I'll probably be asleep. Uh, you know, I wouldn't mind trying it in the morning at some point. Um, are just, you are you doing some sort of split day thing where you are getting up in the morning and then you're going back down? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Well, I think you're probably. Uh, I, like, I like the mornings. You're, but you're you're like you're in this like medieval Spain uh, kind of thing. Where like the day the night has to be split, you have to you have to get up and tend the still in the night, <laughs> and then you go and you sleep for four or five hours, and then you get up and have some espresso and do your morning things, and then you you siesta it. Um, this is much. I think this is much more natural than the uh, rat race every day, run and gun eight to five. And it's, it's nice because you get to experience all the different things. You know, you get to enjoy some night, you get to enjoy some morning, to enjoy enjoy the evening, you know, all of it. Yeah, I um, I mentioned earlier in the week that I'm a, an early to rise guy, and that really uh, takes away the night life <laughs> from you. All, you. All through college and everything, man, I... I never could really stay up very late. And I think I missed out on a lot. Well, I know I missed out on a lot because when I moved to San Francisco, I kind of got into some recreationals that allowed me to experience the nightlife. And holy cow, there's a lot that goes on between like midnight and 4 a.m. in the world. You discovered that you love the nightlife. You've got to boogie. I had always suspected, but uh, that was definite confirmation. We all knew it about you. Everybody knew it. Well, I, I was asking, you know, about your state because in our continuing discussion of like your state of being when you come to the cast. Um, and however, moving it to uh, mornings might be important because I got some big news 
Gonna try to reopen the bar in two weeks. Okay, okay, wow. Yeah, well, as long as the reopening doesn't kill the cast, I'm all for it. I don't, no, I don't see why that would happen. Well, that's exciting. We got, we got to get it back open because the next time Luke Burbank is in town, yeah, he's swinging by the bar. He's going to come by. And we need to sort of, well, and I know that you are paying attention to his schedule. Um, if, if it seems like he might be in the region, you need to, you need to call in with a voicemail of the recording of them saying that they're going to come to the bar. Yeah. Got to hold him to it. Pretty meta. Got to put his feet over the fire. Pretty meta world peace. <laughs> Pretty. Well, it's a somber day. Um, and, uh, I, it's got to be mentioned. It's it is it is nine eleven twenty twenty, um, which is striking me today differently than it has for the first eighteen anniversaries of the day. Um, because it's striking me different today. Because I feel like here we are again, collectively experiencing something that we never had before. <laughs> you know. Like not, none of us have ever done this pandemic dance before. And it, and it seems so earth shaking, um, world changing. And it is in so many ways, but when you think about nine 11 and, and were you, were you in New York? I definitely was. Yeah. I was downtown. Will you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I talked with my sister about it earlier today. Both my sister and my mom called me because uh, they were very worried about me. They both remember that day pretty well. Um, kind of in in regard to me, uh, I was working at 55 Water Street, which is a few short blocks away from the the site of the the former. Twin Towers, uh, and I got off, I would take the six train down to Wall Street in the mornings, and I got off that that morning, uh, that crisp, clear September morning, and there were sirens going everywhere, and I, was, I remember thinking, boy, something big is going down somewhere, <laughs> and I walked down past the stock exchange, and across down to Conti's Slip, uh, where 55 Water is, where Standard & Poor's is. And when I was crossing Water Street, I looked up and I saw the column of smoke uh, drifting off to the south. There was a sharp north wind and that all of that smoke was, uh, was blowing straight south. And as you look closely, you could see I could see just thousands and thousands of pieces of paper um, were, you know, in that in that smoke funnel, just flying through the air up there. Um, and then I noticed that some of them were slowly falling around me too. You know, the whole thing. And then I, you know, I realized something much bigger than I than I thought before was happening. Uh, and then I got in the elevator to take it up to the 34th floor. Somebody in there said they heard that a plane flew into the World Trade Center. Um, I got off at 34th, at 34th floor and all of my colleagues were gathered. Our, like our, our corner window, uh, you know, in our open, uh, you know, kind of cubicle area looked straight at the World Trade Center. Uh, so all of my colleagues were gathered around the window I uh, walked over, I was looking at them with, you know, there's smoke pouring out of the, I guess it was the South Tower. Um, and that's when the United Airlines flight, it wasn't American, it was the Silver Plane, uh, flew in and hit, I think it was the North Tower. 
Um, wait, wait, you saw that happen? Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, because we were standing there watching the first tower, you know. There was about, I guess, 30 minutes between the two or 45 minutes between the two. Witness to history. Uh, yeah, and that explosion shook our windows. And I stepped away from the window and I, I got this, you know, adrenaline rush and, you know, just shot a fear like I've never felt before. Like, uh, like, like I almost blacked out. Um, like with the energy that shot through my body. Uh, and then I kind of shook it off and I immediately like, I immediately went into like, okay, now we're under attack. We've got to get out of here mode. And, uh, I talked with my immediate superior, whose name is Kate. Uh, can I take a personal day? No. Yeah. Well, I basically was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I feel like we need to get out of here as soon as possible. And she agreed. And then this, this lady named Deborah overheard us. And then this guy who worked next, you know, in the, in the uh, unit next to us, uh, he came over and he was, and, and he was like, what, you know, what are you guys doing or what's the plan here? And we said, we feel like we need to get out of here. We, we don't want to wait around for any instructions, you know, and then, you know, then somebody, maybe some, cause we don't know, somebody might be flying a plane towards this building too, you know? And then you wait around and then uh, all of a sudden the elevators are jammed up and, you know, so the four of us agreed to, you know, we were like, Sean was like, that makes sense. And we all booked it and there was nobody on the elevator. Uh, we took the elevator down to the, uh, first floor and you know there are still people coming in for work um we ran into another co-worker doug we told him about it and he immediately we told him what was going on and he immediately booked it over the towers because he had a brother there uh wow his brother passed away uh and then we headed up we actually jogged up through the fulton fish market we were like, we need, we, the, old, the whole idea was to get some time, get ahead of the, what we was, were imagining was going to be an evacuation of Manhattan. Um, and we didn't know at the time that they had shut down, you know, they closed off Manhattan. The bridges and tunnels were all closed and the subway system was shut down. So uh, we ended up, you know, we ran up through Fulton Fish Market. Uh, Sean, it turns out Sean's uncle owned this bar called Tom and Jerry's on Houston street that was just opening up at the time. Uh, and he said, you know, we could probably watch the news and use the phone there. Nobody's cell phone was working. And so we got there this, the, the morning bartender, she was just pulling up the grate. Um, and, uh, and she didn't know what was happening. We told her and she said, yeah, come on in turn on the news. Um, I used the pay phone to try to make a call that wasn't working either. Um, so we basically we had had a drink of water. Actually, I think I probably had a beer to be honest. And uh, we ended up heading up we were just we ended up walking with Sean, Sean and Kate both lived upstate, um, kind of in the suburbs. So they were trying to get up to the commuter rail to go north. And Deborah and I both lived in Brooklyn. So we ended up walking them up, them up to Union Square. We realized, you know, there's still no subway. So Deb and I peeled off to go walk across the Williamsburg Bridge. Um, and at that point, large groups of people, at that point, the towers had fallen. And large groups of people were moving en masse across the bridge. There were no cars, so everybody was just walking on the roadway. Uh, you know, in, in mass, there were thousands of people on the bridge. Um, we walked across with them, finally made it home, called my mom. I used, you know, my house phone finally got, got through. Uh, it was really just, she immediately burst into tears. Um, just so glad to know that I was just alive. You know, we didn't really have much to say to each other. Uh, she spread the word. 
I think maybe I called my friends down in DC. I called Danny and Derek um, to check in with them. Amy was said, I told everybody not to worry about you. I said, I knew for certain that you were at a bar. Um, <laughs> she was right. Uh, and then Ben Murphy and I, Ben Murphy was home for the day anyway. Um, and so we walked down to the video store in, uh, on Bedford Avenue in Williamsburg and we rented Cannonball Run. Because uh, we, we were looking for something not heavy. Because, um, yeah, and Lizzie was, you know, sitting in her room watching the news and crying. And, uh, and there's that sense of shock. Right. Yeah. And we, you know, we were like, we decided that day and, and many probably days after, right? And we had a bunch of Israeli friends, a bunch of Israeli musician friends, because um, Ben Murphy's band was basically entirely uh, Israelis. And uh, they, you know, we were able to talk with them about it immediately. And they were like, yeah, welcome to our <laughs> entire lives, you know? Yeah. So that like everything, you know, was kind of in a weird perspective for us, you know, almost immediately, um, you know, and it was obvious that, you know, there wasn't a continued attack and that nobody knew, you know, nobody knew what to do and what was going to happen. And that's when, yeah, that's when Ben and I decided to go rent a movie. Well, on the other coast in San Francisco, uh, I, I won't, I won't, I, no need to tell you about my whole day, but because it, it pales in comparison to your day, but we, we did get out of work and I remember this sense of shock and I remember people watching the skies on the other coast thinking yeah. there could be more attacks that day, yeah. you know. Um, it's crazy, like the news that kept filtering in, you know, like about the, you know, the flight that crashed and, you know, Western Pennsylvania, wherever it was, and then, you know, the Pentagon. Well, I, I, I don't think it can be overstated how big of a shift that that marked for our country and, of course, led to uh, what, has, what became the longest war <laughs> that we ever were involved in. Yeah. I, rem I remember this sense in the weeks and months after 9-11 of, you know, coming together and we're gonna we are going to take our military might and we're going to uh ferret out these the the roots of this terror and the our entree into afghanistan i, I remember uh i think it was like a national geographic article that uh showed all of these you know top top uh, technological military machines of the time that we were gonna use to go in and we were gonna get to the root of this problem and, and weed it out. And, you know, of course, you know that that sort of coming together and, and, and then the, the way that those reasons were used to start these wars and how it, you know, uh, yeah, it drives me crazy because nobody I knew, nobody I knew who was there, none of us, you know, wanted wanted that military action. None of us felt like it needed to happen to take revenge or anything. You know, that's it. Really, like, it annoys me that that was used for nefarious purposes. Well, and not only, of course, the wars in Afghanistan, but but then it was used as a scapegoat for getting into Iraq and definitely, yeah, you know you know, what that has all led to uh, ISIS and <laughs> whatnot. Um, yeah, the world definitely changed that day. And and I, I don't know, I, I feel like the pandemic has a similar like uh, tectonic shift of a time. Boy, this is really, we've really taken it off of the, uh, we're really going to have to work hard the second half of the podcast to get this lightened back up. But I wanted to ask you about that. I, I, I know I, I feel like I've heard you talk about it before, but uh, I certainly thought that it would be good to get into the record here. 
Um, can you change the subject? <laughs> well, uh, last episode where there was a forward promo, wondering if uh, if you can eat isopods. Oh yeah. Um, did you look into that? And you can, you know, but it, you know, technically you can eat anything. <laughs> but yeah, isopods are a pretty interesting range of bugs. They're, you know, it includes like what we call roly polies or pill bugs. Yes, I thought it was roly polies. Those are isopods, but they go all the way. There can be huge ones too. There are isopods like the size of a the size of a bath mat. And that's like bottom of the sea, right? Yeah. And they can live in fresh water in the ocean or on land. So, you know, they got us they got us beat in that regard too. Uh they're they're cousins of uh of uh lobsters and shrimp. You uh, you thought that I had made up a word. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it in the recording. You 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 thought I would Pulled that out of my A. But yes, they can. Uh... It's technically not an animal, though. It's a category of animals, right? Right, 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 right. It's an order of crustaceans. Right. Do you, do you have a quiz for today? No, I don't. Um, but I can find one really quickly. I feel like that's towards the end. Dummy, <laughs> I feel like that's something that we can go out with. Um, you know, we don't need another hero, but you know what my family needed was that we needed a fridge in the garage. Mm. The hero of our family lately is the garage fridge. Uh, you know, it's, this is not the first time you've talked to me about this garage fridge. I got to tell you, man, it was like, it was really an irritating situation where, okay, we had to replace our fridge because it went out. And we started shopping for fridges and realized that the the hole, the opening, the, the, the fridge... Uh, insert spot in our kitchen is only 33 inches wide and the modern fridge for a family of four there's a whole category of fridges that are 36 inches wide if you're on lowe's or home depot there's like 400 fridges at 36 inches wide and then there's like there's a much smaller range that are narrower than that and we we had gone from your standard freezer on top and just your, your standard setup with a fridge was you know freezer on top single door you know it, we had just a plain plainy janey fridge and we wanted to do like the french doors although we didn't end up doing water on the door or anything super fancy but we wanted to try the uh the freezer on the bottom with the french doors and so so that narrowed us down to like three choices and we chose one of those, and, and Amy had read that a family of four needs a certain cubic storage space. And I thought, that's, we don't need, like, we're, we're a small family, and, and we, here's the thing is we like to shop once a week. And so if you shop once a week for a family of four, you need a certain amount of space. And, sure. then, and then, of course, we've got a, my, my beverage game is strong, as you know. I do know that. Yeah, I'm in the mocktails movement now, and Amy likes a few different kind of brewskis, and so there's there's kombucha, there's Topo Chico, there's Lacroix, there's beers. Like my man Matt moves mocktails. Beverage game strong, son, and uh, always has been. I'm the I'm the deputy minister of wordiness for the Beverage Party of America. We promise beverages for all, thirst for none. Um, so, but that was really gumming up the works in there. And then we're fans of like bags of kale and plastic boxes of spinach and all the things like you got to get a lot of greens into the kids. We were having a real log jam in our fridge and we, we hated to do this to become this family, but 
the garage fridge has really turned it around. We've removed all the beverages out there. It's allowed us to have an even greater array of LaCroix uh, on hand. And it's just, it's really a game changer. We went with a nice plainy Janey black Kenmore, uh, one of the cheapest models at Lowe's and uh, it's really turned things around. So, you know, there's hope people in a dark, dark world. There's hope like a garage fridge could come into your life any day. I, you know, I would just fill it up with things that need to be thrown away. And then that's currently, there's, there's like 12 square inches of space in my fridge that are used for actual new products and products that I eat. It's <laughs> just jam-packed with stuff that I need to eventually throw away. They're like leftovers? Is that what you're yeah, talking about? Like, like, like things that have spoiled. Like one fifth of a bottle of salsa and, you know, right. half a container of yogurts and, you know, yeah. Listen, I have taken to, if I, if I want some chips and salsa and like a third of the jar is left, I could just go ahead and suck it up and eat the whole third of the jar instead of eating what, a, like a, a, a serving is probably a fourth of a jar, maybe, yeah. you know, but I, I'm just like, I just finish stuff off just to get it out of the way. Smart. That's what you should do. I guess you end up, you end up overeating salsa. I think uh, you know of all of the of all the of all the condiments to overeat. That's yeah. That's probably not a, not a terrible one. I there is a an item of great importance today. Also, it's not terror or pandemic related. It's uh, it's Dick's birthday. Oh uh, yeah. Happy, happy birthday. Happy happy birthday to Dick Hall. Happy birthday, Dickles. Uh, just keep holding the family together, bud. You're doing a great job. Tomorrow. I'm super excited about should I tell you guys about the birthday present that I got him? And then we just have to make sure that we don't send this out until after tomorrow. Listen, I know he says he's listening, but he's probably not listening to like twenty-five minutes in. <laughs> I think you're safe here, even if we did. All right. Dickie, what'd you get him? Dickie, if you are listening and it's and it's not it's before your birthday, gotta turn this off till after your birthday. Turn it off now. Just turn it off, Dickie. All right. Yeah. I'm super excited about this because uh I I used Cameo. Uh do you know what Cameo is? Word up, it's the code word. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I get it. No, uh, Cameo is a website where uh, you can hook up with celebrities and you know pay them a certain amount of money to uh, create a personalized message for somebody, like a birthday message. Do you understand? Yeah, 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 I've, yeah, I've seen those. Uh-huh. Okay. So you know you know what this is. So I got on there, um, and I got uh, WeeBay from The Wire. Uh, his real name is Hassan. I got the guy who plays WeeBay on The Wire uh, to uh, record a personal video message for Dickie's birthday. And you know I like dude. I dude. Oh, that's so know. cool. I didn't know, you know, I was like, I was a little worried. I was like, this could go either way, you know, maybe he just phones this in or, you know, maybe he doesn't get back to me in time. And I, I, I did it yesterday, you know, what I thought that would be enough, you know, and this guy got back to, he sent it in 20 minutes. He recorded it. Dude, I, I think there are, there are uh, D-list celebrities, not that I'm calling the actor who played Rebay D-list, but I think there's some of them that are banking on that and they're, they're making it happen. Uh, no doubt. So, you want to hear it? Yeah, of course, yeah. Here we go. How 
How's my brother Dicky Hall doing, man? It's Hustle. <laughs> Jay, a.k.a. Weebay. I got to stop by and wish you, bro, happy, happy 35th birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Dicky. Happy birthday. Hey, listen, man, and while I'm at it, I also want to tell you how much of a great brother you've been to Shaper. He appreciates you like no other. You <laughs> man, grand. You a great dad. And if it was up to me, I'd pick you up. We go straight to Orlando's and kiss. Man. You know everything on me. But until then, in the meantime, between time, you stay great. All right, Dickie, be all you can be. Be the best that you can be. Stay ten toes down, be blessed, and everything else, brother. All right, man. Happy birthday, big dog. Peace. <laughs> wow. You are such a good gift giver. Holy <laughs> cow. And I that wouldn't mean anything to me except I watched The Wire for the first time earlier this year. And oh. It is a, it's amazing. It's a cultural touchstone for a reason. Um, yeah, wow, that's so cool. It would have been cooler if it was Stringer Bell, but I'm sure that Idris, I'm sure the prices for Idris on Cameo are a little more than. Uh, who's, uh, the, who's the actor who plays Weeben? He's not on there at all. Yeah. Uh, his name is Hassan. I can't. I can't remember his last name. Hassan Minaj. Listen, it's it's it, listen. We don't need to start getting our facts right on this podcast. Or no, no need to. That's fine. That dude, that is fantastic. You are a fucking Hassan Johnson. Johnson. Uh, yeah, and that's you know that's uh, it's Dicky is really really crazy about that show, uh, and he and I both did. Uh, rewatch earlier this year and yeah he's you know that show is not really in my wheelhouse if in terms of genre uh i'm not really into cop shows or crime dramas or anything like that but i thought it was worth a watch because it had been such a big deal and then uh, again mentioning my love of hip-hop i so many things from that show worked their way into hip hop music. You know, it was, it was very, very enjoyable watching it. I, I only, I'm only up to season three actually. And they, they had a, they started HBO max and, and they pulled all of their stuff from Amazon prime, all the HBO content. Like I, I literally watched the season finale of the third season on the night before they were pulling off the content. So, uh, was highly enjoyed. I've still, I've got a. I think I'm gonna try at the Austin Public Library for seasons. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's pretty fun. <clears throat> well, happy birthday, Dickie. There's no way he stopped the recording for that long. <laughs> gotta, you definitely got to get that to him before. I mean, that's not the kind of thing that you're gonna deliver to him, and it's gonna like sit in the corner of the room like the cathedral game and he's not going to open it, right? I mean, he's just going to receive that digitally, right? Or, yeah. Or I, you you want to be there when he checks it out? No, I think I'm just, when I wake up tomorrow morning, I'm going to send it to him. Is his birthday tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, what 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 all this hullabaloo? I thought today was his birthday. Oh, I get it. He's not going to listen to the podcast until tomorrow, which is a great way to spend your Saturday, trust me. Yeah. No, Dick's real birthday is tomorrow. Okay. Well, so, yeah. Uh, sorry, that was the other problem. Yeah, he's not going to... I, I imagined a good gift for Dickie would, for you to just go over there and let he and Kathleen take a walk or something. Yeah. Uh, well, they, got, they have a, a babysitter for tomorrow night. They do? Okay. Where are they going to go? They're gonna to go to their friends, uh, Jeff and Allison. Okay, nice. hang out on their in their front porch and social distance, and be and be somewhere else. I was thinking about writing a country song uh, about pandemic social distance gatherings called "Till the Skeeters Come Out." 
That, that was my birthday. I'm working. I'm working on until the skeeters come out. Put some fruit juice in there. It's funny how a lot of my uh, spoof songs are are country. Yeah. It just well, it's such a spoofable genre. Yeah, and uh, you know it's it's uh it's very accessible too. You know what? Uh, I think it was Porter Wagner who said that country music was three chords and the truth. Uh. If you're gonna, it's a, it's a very it's a very simple musical form musical form, so that makes it easier to easier to parody. Right. You're not gonna be parodying, you know, Beethoven's Fifth anytime soon. Uh, no, but the previous parody song was a boy band. <laughs> you have smelly body parts. You have smelly body parts. Sorry. <laughs> Your boy band parody. I I would imagine you would do a good job on a boy band parody. I'm still working on it. It's about uh, mocktails. It's called Shrub Me, Shrub You. <laughs> Put some fruit juice in there. That, exactly. <laughs> you know you know how to do a shrub. Suck off fruits and vegetables. When the bar gets back opened, can you, uh, can you do a shrub menu? <laughs> no. I love coming up to the bar and um, ordering non-alcoholic, non-sensory. Uh, we have uh, we have kombucha. That's good. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue that on my. For those who don't know, I'm I'm working on my program, the Ten Year Taper, and I'm in. Uh, it, it's the Ten Year Taper. It's how to get off of booze in one short decade. And I am on year 7.8, and I am at the stage of drinking three nights a week. So four nights a week, I'm heavy in the shrubs. <laughs> shrubbing it up. Yep. Shrub-a-dub-dub. Just uh, shrubbing. If you're raking the leaves and it gets all of your driveway, just hose it off, dummy. Did you, that's how, that is actually how I make a shrub. <laughs> I put all I put all the ingredients in the driveway, and then I I hose it into the gutter. I put I put my glass I put like a highball glass on its side in the gutter, and I just I just hose it all down. Call it the gutter shrub. It's good. You got to put some basil in there. Basil will take care of everything. Uh, what was I going to ask you about? I hope it's something interesting, just so, you know, to add some interest to the podcast. Just so, instead of just me blasting Steve Brule, uh drops that I don't know, that I have not pre-screened. I think a couple of those drops hit just perfecto. Um, uh, well, you were going to quiz me. Yeah, let me see what I can do. Besides the quiz? Maybe if we do the quiz, you'll think about the thing you were going to ask me about. Let's do a quiz. We're going to ask me how my bowels are. <coughs> you paint your bald spot? Did I paint my bald spot? Is that what the video looks like? No, I can't. I, I'm not looking at you right now. Oh. Well, I'm looking right at you. <laughs> right at my painted bald spot. I take my eyes off of you. It was pretty interesting because when you were looking for uh, WeeBabe's birthday message, you you bent forward and you sort of had your hand in your hair, and so I felt like it was a a lice eye view. <laughs> Great. Oh, 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 to be a louse in that mop. All right, I've got it. I found it. I'm excited about it. Boy, I love a quiz. I love a quiz master. This quiz is... Is it a romance novel or a nail polish cover? 
color. Like, a, like a, a nail polish title? Yeah, nail polish color, yeah. yeah. Is it the name of a romance novel or right. the name of a nail polish? Right. This is perfect for me because I'm an artist. I'm fascinated by color and color theory and the theory of how they name some of these colors. That's what I like to hear. Here, it is fascinating, right? Go ahead. Yeah. I'm ready. Let me turn my chair to the side. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I gotta get a more comfortable chair for the podcast because sometimes towards the end of the of the cast, I'm struggling in my chair. But this is the most quiet chair. It's like a, just a plastic folding chair. I hear you, buddy. I hear you. Uh, okay, romance novel or nail polish color? Romance novel or nail polish color? Somewhere over the rainbow mountains. That is, is that a, a or a nail polish. That is a nail polish cover, color. Correct. Yeah. And we I, actually, I spend a lot of time on that aisle at CVS. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're asking yourself, which aisle? The <laughs> nail polish aisle or the romance novel aisle? <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? I would. Go ahead. An Affair in Red Square. That's a romance novel. Incorrect. That is Ooh. a nail polish, my friends. Oh, man. I was certain that I had read that. And get it? Read that? Next uh, Next up. Now, this, I, this, this could be tricky. I don't know. This is an interesting one. The next one is Lonesome Dove. So you... Now, Lonesome Dove is definitely a novel. I wouldn't yeah, necessarily... I guess, I guess the question on this one is, is Lonesome Dove a romance novel? <laughs> yeah. Look, it's, I'm going to shoot from the hip on this one. I'm going to shoot from the hip on this and say that Lonesome Dove, Lonesome Dove is not a romance novel. Okay. It is, it is, that is indeed a nail polish. By process of elimination, he says nail polish. Correct. Okay, good. This confetti brand color is also described as flat gray, which is much less romantic. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, your next, uh, next, next phrasing question is, are mermaids real? Are mermaids real, question mark? Now, when I took standardized tests in school, I was interested in patterns and gaming the patterns. I, I can't imagine that there's four nail polish covers in a row in this. Say it again. Uh, say it again. Are, 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 mer are mermaids real? I mean, that doesn't sound particularly romantic. I mean, is that they don't write romance novels for dudes. <laughs> Right? I think you're... Uh, I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with romance novel just because I can't imagine they would do four nail polish covers in a row. Well, let's see if you're right. You're not, that was another nail polish. Man, now you gotta start to, now they, they gotta get in your head, man. What, maybe this is, maybe, they, maybe they're really screwing with you and these are all... See? These are all nail polish colors. See, see, and then I would start making little, you know, images in the scantron. Go ahead. Okay. The I'm next like, one is kiss, here. kiss my A's. That's kiss my capital A apostrophe S. Kiss my A's. Well, that sounds like a nail polish color. Final answer? Yeah. Nail polish color it is. Uh, yeah. I mean, what kind of horrific romance novel would that be? That's more <laughs> like, a, that's in the penthouse letters category. <laughs> Which, you know, for some people is an important category, my friend. Well, and I feel like sometimes there's bleed over, right? Yeah. Sometimes you might be like, what is this smut? Is this a novel or just a penthouse letter? Okay, don't don't smut shame me. Okay, I'm th I think I'm three and two. That sounds right to me. Uh, next 
Next one. Uh, next question. Starlight Embrace. Is Starlight Embrace a romance novel or a nail polish? It sounds like a nail polish. I sure could go either way with that one. Well, currently, every answer has been nail polish. I know. I, know. I, I think, personally, I would just keep going nail polish until we, there's proof that there's any romance novels on this list at all. Starlight Embrace sounds like a nail polish color to me. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm with you. Oh, no. A bewitching socialite pursues a forbidden romance with a handsome star of the stage in Patricia Verner's Starlight Embrace. They got us, Matthew. They got us good. Three and three. It's tied. Woo. Next, next answer slash question. Baby, take a vow. <laughs> Baby, take a vow. <clears throat> I'm going romance novel. All right. Survey says that's a nail polish. This pale pink from OPI is the perfect color to flaunt when you take your vow of silence. Uh, I don't know what that's. They went a weird place with that one. Okay, <laughs> I'm excited about this next one. This one's funny, um, and I don't know which way to go with it. Uh, <laughs> I, I hope it's a novel because I want to read this novel. A little guilt under the kilt. <laughs> Is A Little Guilt Under the Kilt a nail polish or a romance novel? I hope it's a romance novel. Yeah, you want to read that novel, don't you? I do. I do. Because we all know what's under the kilt. This red polish is part of OPI's Scotland collection. Some kilts are red, you know. Wow. Okay. Okay, buddy. Uh, next one, Vanilla Clouds. Is Vanilla Clouds nail polish or romance novel? Gotta, that's gotta be uh, nail polish. It sounds like a nail polish to me too. Uh, Ro Horvat's Vanilla Clouds takes place in a chocolatery. Chocolatery. Uh, it's a romance novel. I clearly need to spend more time in both aisles. <laughs> yeah, it's not enough. Uh, you started so strong. I know. Uh, and next is Breakfast in Bed, nail polish or romance novel. Breakfast in Bed. Just playing their game, trying to game the game here. I'm, I'm going to say uh, nail polish. I'm with, you. I'm with you. I think it's a nail polish. Correct. Light blue, just like the color of your lover's eyes. So they say. Uh, and next is Burning Dawn. I mean, this is the last one. Burning Dawn. Is that a romance novel? Or nail? There are a bunch more, actually. Oh, Lord. Oh, sorry, not a bunch. There's about six more, I think. Six more. Well, let's, let's, turn, let's go turn this into the lightning round. Let's power through it. Yeah. Burning Dawn is a romance novel. Romance novel is correct. Nice work. Next. I think I've read Emerald that. Enchantment. That's where you go to get checked for gonorrhea. <laughs> Actually, Burning Dawn features a winged warrior with a tormented past. Yeah, he's tormented by STIs. <laughs> All right. Uh, Emerald Enchantment, romance novel or nail polish? Nail polish. That would be a romance novel. Oh! Does that take place in Oz? Uh, actually, the re reimagining of Dorothy's relationship with the cast because the uh, quiz says Lynette Vanette's Emerald Enchantment takes place in Ireland. Believe it or not, shocker! All right, uh, next is You'll Be Mine. Y U L E. You will be mine. Romance novel or nail polish. <sighs> What do you think? I'm gonna go with nail polish. I'll go with nail polish. 
romance novel. Sorry. God, can you imagine a Christmas themed romance novel? <laughs> I mean, I guess uh, you're into the novel and, and it comes the holidays, then you're going to pick that one up, right? Lori Foster's You'll Be Mine features a pet psychic, a Christmas hater, and yes, mistletoe. So the description says. That's hot. Next, you got Sweet Mountain Magic. Nail polish. Uh, incorrect. That's a romance novel. I lost on Jeopardy. Uh, how about Kiss Me, I'm Brazilian? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Kiss Me on the Veranda. Uh, the lips would be fine. Um, uh, say say the say the name again. Kiss me. I'm Brazilian. Me. Yeah, I'm Brazilian. I'm going with the romance novel. Hopefully. Nail polish. Cute. Uh, Midnight Masquerade. Romance novel. Correct. And last one. Impassioned Sea. S E A. Impassioned Sea. I, I, I'm going with nail polish. Again, I'm just trying to, I'm <laughs> thinking about the game theory here. They got to leave us with a nail polish, right? Skylar Sinclair's Impassioned Sea is a sort of gender swapped Little Mermaid. It's definitely not for kids. Is that what it says? Yep. <laughs> romance novel. <laughs> I feel like I got to get more into romance novels. <laughs> Do you want to know how you did, my friend? Not really. <laughs> Go ahead. You got six out of 17. Golly. You'd think that just randomly guessing you would score a little higher than that. <laughs> they had me going this way and that. No, that's a big But hey, uh, that was, that, I'm, I'm going to give it up to you because I, you know, that was 100% a tough quiz. I feel like you could. I wasn't sure about any of those answers. I think you could make a quiz that's a thousand questions long on that topic. Yeah. Do you think yeah. I've always wondered this? Do you think there's somebody at the, at the cosmetics company that like that's their job? I mean, it must be in the marketing department, but like. Interesting question, and I bet you there is. And the reason why is in New York City, I briefly dated a girl, and. Her, her job was she was the personal assistant to the guy who named uh, the guy who named what's the big anti-depression one? Prozac. Prozac. The guy who named Prozac. She was his personal assistant, and that is all he did. Was he like he lived up in the up in the sticks in like the Catskills, and he took a lot of psychedelic mushrooms. And he named pharmaceuticals. Dude. And she said he was a big weirdo and she really didn't like working for him. But I mean, what a great job. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, for him. It's the, yeah. Naming pharmaceuticals is a great job. Being that guy's personal assistant, apparently not so much. Probably not. Sure. Well, what do you got on tap after this? The highlight of your day. <laughs> uh, this is the highlight of my day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not even lying. It's all downhill from here for me. Uh, I will probably get on the exercise bike for a minute and because um, especially now that we're opening officially in two weeks, I gotta, gotta get back down to my fighting weight, as they say. You gotta get into, into barkeep shape. Yep. Um, and then I'll probably go over and do a little pre-birthday celebrating with Dickie Hall. Dickie Hall. Yeah. I'll do some more, do some, do some more work getting little Shafee to record an introduction for us. Nice. Well, give them my love. Definitely will. Um, this has been fun. We should, um, we should podcast again sometime. I, I would love to do that. I'm, I'm free tomorrow if you are. Yeah, you want to podcast tomorrow? Go ahead. And remember,
love this song. Cameo, huh? <laughs> going, out to, going out to brand new sponsor Cameo there. Cameo. Dude, this is another video you gotta check out. <laughs> All right. What's our sign off? The poorer the choices, the sweeter the wine. Sweeter the vine. The longer the vine. All right. Take care, buddy. Talk to choices. I'm changing my name to Divine. That would, that would be a poor choice. <laughs> All right. Take care, everybody. Be honest. See you later. <laughs>